Support for OPB comes from our members and from our sponsors, like Tracy Ray from the employment law firm of Baron Lehman. Tracy says that OPB sponsorship is a great way to support the community and connect with Baron Liebman's clients. This is Think Out Loud on OPB. I'm Dave Miller. In Washington state, parents are paying millions of dollars in child support that is never getting to their former partners or kids. Instead, it's being intercepted by the state, and some of it is being sent to the federal government. This happens when people who receive temporary assistance for needy families, once known as welfare, also get child support payments. It's been going on for nearly 50 years all across the country, but some Washington lawmakers are trying to end the practice. Brandon Block is an investigative reporter at Cascade PBS in Seattle. That's a nonprofit news website. He wrote about this recently, and he joins us now with more details. It's great to have you on the show. Glad to be here. Can you start just by telling us a story of a woman you talked to named Amy Rourke? Amy Rourke is a 45-year-old single mother uh, who lives in Vancouver, Washington, just across the river from Portland. She has two teenagers uh, that she's raising right now. Um, And her her primary income source is from child support. Um, And what happened to Amy was uh, in 2017, she applied for TANF, Temporary Assistance for Needy Families. um, And then she stopped receiving her child support payments. Um, even though her exes were continuing to pay, that money was getting siphoned off by the state. How much money is taken by the state of Washington uh, on, in any given year? I mean, how common is this in Washington? It's very common, and it goes back a really long time. In 2022, Washington withheld more than $40 million from uh, families in poverty. Um, and we're talking about Uh, about 80% of payments that are intended for families who are currently on TANF. Um, The current policy is that uh, parents are allowed to receive just $50 uh, or $100 if they have more than two kids, but the state keeps the rest. I should say that in Oregon, it's it's the same. People on TANF can get $50 per child per month uh, in child support that's that's recovered from the, the, the non-custodial parents. Although it seems like the max is higher. It goes up to $200, so for, for four, four kids times $50 each, but as opposed to maybe the hundreds of dollars per month um, that, that the non-custodial parent might be paying. How common is this nationwide? It's extremely common. Almost every state in the country is taking some amount of child support payments from families on welfare. Um, States, I should say, are sort of slowly moving away from this practice. More than half of states have now uh, enacted what are called pass-through laws, which means they pass through some amount of that support to the family. Colorado was the first state to implement a quote-unquote full pass-through, which means the entire monthly payment goes to the family. Um, so there's been some reforms, uh, but overall this is still quite a prevalent practice. What's the justification for the state holding on to this money? You know, it's interesting. I don't know that anyone has actually been asked to answer for this policy. Um, it's been going on for a really, really long time. Um, and you know, I'd say in the simplest terms, um, it's a revenue source for states. Uh, the federal government gives them this ability um, and, in fact, uh, actually requires states to collect child support on behalf of families when they sign up for TANF. Uh, states have choices within that of, of what they do with the money. 
Um, but the basic idea here is uh, that the government is reimbursing itself for the cost of providing uh, poverty aid benefits. Um, in kind of federal government jargon, uh, they refer to this as cost recovery. Hmm. Is this basically a version of uh, means testing? I mean, is the idea that because a parent is getting money from TANF, temporary assistance for needy families, formerly known or popularly known as welfare, then the, then those people, they don't need the money that they that a, that a judge has said they should be getting in child support? You know, I wouldn't call it means testing. Um, you know, means testing really I think of as identifying a certain income threshold of, of families who are, are being determined to uh, not not need this. Um, really, we're talking about um, a population of people who the only thing they have in common is being poor enough to qualify for TANF. Um, and, and child support orders can vary widely. You might get $500 a month. You might get $50 a month. Um, so I, I don't think that's the right way of thinking about it. I think maybe a better way of understanding what's going on here is that the government is basically charging you for your own welfare benefits. Um, the state is taking an obligation that is supposed to be the government's obligation, right? Uh, public assistance for, for people in need. And they're shifting that obligation onto, in this case, the non-custodial parent who's paying these child support payments. Are those non-custodial parents um, told that they, at, at, while they're still paying this money, are they told that it's not actually going to their former spouse or former partner, that it's not going to the, the people who are taking care of their kids? No. Uh, the short answer is they are not. I asked the state agency in Washington, the Department of Social and Health Services, uh, which implements both of these programs, and they said there is no official communication about this fact. And I'd say, uh, in general, it's not well known. Um, it hasn't been written about a lot, at least in Washington. It certainly has been written about in other states. Um, and uh, furthermore, the uh, agency official who I interviewed told me uh, he's pretty regularly hears from families that, that don't know that this is happening. Huh. What does the state do with this money? Tens of million dollars a year. Yeah, um, it gets split with the federal government. Um, that ratio varies state to state. Uh, in Washington, it's about 50%. Um, and the money that uh, the state retains uh, goes into the general fund uh, where it uh, can be used to fund social services um, like TANF or, or other benefit programs. Hmm. There has been, as you noted briefly, an effort in Olympia to change this, an effort that's gone back a, a few years now. Where does it stand right now? Yeah, there was a bill introduced uh, in the previous legislative session um, that has now actually passed the state house twice uh, by a pretty wide margin. So it, it has bipartisan support. Um, it's currently sitting in a, a Senate committee um, where it has uh, a little less than about a month uh, to pass out of the Senate if it's to become law this year. We're in a, a short legislative session uh, this year in Washington. Um, and basically what this bill would do, uh, I think it's important to pull out, it wouldn't necessarily end this practice. Um, it would reform it partially. So uh, the bill calls for all monthly payments to be passed through to the families. Um, and what that importantly excludes is all of the child support payments that are uh, applied towards debt. There's a, a lot of debt in the child support system. Every month that 
a non-custodial parent doesn't pay the full amount in their order, that uh, accumulates debt and that debt accrues interest. Um, and that interest can be uh, sort of claimed by the state. Um, so if the state designates that interest as, as interest owed to the state, it can continue um, siphoning that off even under this new policy. Um, so it's unclear if uh, that bill is going to get through the Senate this year. Um, like I said, it, it does have, uh, it only had three votes against it in the House. So it, it certainly has a lot of support, um, but uh, you know, it's a really short legislative session and there's, they've got a lot of other stuff to consider. So uh, we'll, we'll see if it makes its way through this year. I mean, that vote is kind of a numerical evidence of, of one thing that your article made clear, which is that there actually is, is bipartisan support in Washington for this effort. What has the agency most involved here, the state's Department of Social and Health Services, said about this effort? Yeah, they haven't taken a formal position on it um, at any of the hearings on the bill. Um, I, like I said, I interviewed them and they told me that they like this, they think this is a good policy um, and they support it, um, but that uh, they didn't, they, because it was not funded in the governor's budget, um, they didn't take a, a formal position on it. Um, but the other thing that they've done is they've asked, uh, there's, there's been a little bit of pushback, they've asked for the um, effective date of the bill to be delayed by about a year and a half. Uh, so the original proposal was to have this policy kick in over the summer, um, and they wrote uh, to the bill sponsor and asked uh, to delay it until 2026. Uh, and the reason for this is that they said they need time to upgrade their IT systems um, in order to make this change. Um, so now there has been a, an amendment introduced by the chair of the Senate committee where the bill currently sits uh, to push that start date back. Um, and that would, um, if the bill passes, um, that would be a significant change. I mean, we're talking about, like I said, it's $40 million in 2022. So another two years of this happening, uh, I think it's fair to say it's likely another $80 million that's withheld from uh, low-income families uh, because of that change. We have just about a minute left, but uh, I want to go back to where we started. Amy Rourke, whose ex paid almost $5,000 in child support while she was getting TANF uh, benefits, and she got $100 of that $5,000. How is she doing today? Amy's still really struggling, I have to say. Um, she told expressed to me that this money really could have made a, a major difference for, for her and her children. Um, and I think it's worth kind of revisiting one of the things that the the uh, co-sponsor, uh, Travis Couture, who's a, a Republican uh, from the Olympic Peninsula, uh, he, he's described this as a, a tax, basically, that is targeting uh, our state's neediest families. Um, you know, we're talking about people who, by definition, are in poverty because they qualify for TANF, um, and they're having this money uh, extracted from them precisely because they have asked for help. Um, and, you know, TANF, uh, as, as many people see, is meant to be a hand up out of poverty. Um, and this, this policy is uh, sort of punishing them for utilizing that resource. So it's a really counterproductive policy um, in, in the words of, uh, you know, certainly in the words of the legislators. Um, and, uh, yeah, I, I think most legislators would argue it just doesn't make a lot of sense. Brandon, thanks very much. Thanks for having me. Brandon Block is an investigative reporter at Cascade PBS. Thanks very much for tuning in to Think Out Loud on OPB and KLCC. I'm Dave Miller. We'll be back tomorrow. Think Out Loud is supported by Steve and Jan Oliver, the Rosie Tucker Charitable Trust, Ray and Marilyn Johnson, and the Susan Hammer Fund of the Oregon Community Foundation. <laughs>